I'm Niall Brown, and I'd like to welcome you to this Movies in Focus podcast. This time around, I'm talking with Chris Baugh, director of the new horror comedy Boys from County Hell. A fellow Irishman, Baugh made his big screen directing debut with the great 2017 revenge thriller Bad Day for the Cut. His latest film, Boys from County Hell, is something of a change of pace, merging gore, laughs, and a lot of heart. It's an excellently constructed and hugely entertaining slice of genre cinema and a film which is well worth seeking out. But for now, I hope you enjoy our conversation. It was based on a short, but was the short proof of concept or did it exist as its own thing to begin with? It was kind of a little bit of both. It was it was sort of a proof of concept, but it was a, made, it was like a standalone short film as well. And I'd written the script for the feature many years ago. Um, and me and Brendan, my producing partner at the time, decided we, we should make a proof of concept so people will give us money to make the feature. So that was 2013, we made that short and we were naive enough to think, hey, you know, some people will just give us, you know, three million pounds to go and make this now, yeah. easy peasy like, and they didn't obviously. And it kind of thankfully they didn't because I don't think we were ready at that point in our careers to, to handle, you know, a film of this size um, with this amount of effects and, and sort of stuff and stuff. So. So we made the short and then we actually ended up going off and making another feature first. And then that brought us to, to the voice from County Hell. So it was a sort of long and, and winding road. It usually is with these things. I mean, the, presumably that the film beforehand was Bad Day for the Cut, which is, is another cracker as well, you know. So was that a good learning ground for everything that you needed going into this with, with the special effects and things? Oh yeah, a hundred percent, you know, just in terms of that was a, you know, that was a, a difficult sort of, well, a, a, it was kind of large in scope as well for what the budget was. So we were able to sort of make a low budget film that, you know, had action sequences and, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of locations and actors and felt bigger than what the budget was. So it was a really good sort of proven ground for, to, to take the next step up for, you know, in Boys from County Hell. What was the shooting schedule on it? How, because presumably most of it was shot at night. Yeah, it was... Uh, I think it was 25 days um there was a lot of night stuff on it but because we shot it in june of like, the way it worked out we ended up having to shoot sort of close to the summer so there was a lot of split days where we were shooting like five hours of night and five hours of daylight because we were shooting in, you know almost the height of the summer yeah so it actually wasn't that sort of dark darkness so we made it difficult for ourselves in that way but the way it worked out was we could only you know shoot the movie at that particular time um, but it was, it was fine. It was a challenge. It always is with a film of this size, but the crew, you know, I've, I've worked with so many of the same people, you know, in Bad Day for the Cut and in my shorts. So I have a tight, you know, tight knit group of people who, yeah. who, who are great and, you know, were able to get in there and just make it work. When you made the short, you obviously had to recast certain roles. Was that just out of scheduling or was that just because you realized that certain, certain characters had changed and you needed somebody else to do it? Yeah, it was kind of like certain characters had changed, you know, people, have, because again, because it was so long ago, you know, some characters have gotten older, you know, the, the part of Eugene, you know, it was, it was a guy in his sort of early 20s, you know, the, the role call for in the feature, so we had to sort of recast that. Um, Nigel was was always going to be Francie, Nigel O'Neill, who, who plays the dad, so he was in the short end. You know, and he's, he, he looks, he still looks pretty good, Nigel. He doesn't look that much different than he did in 2013. One of the, the, the things about it is you seem to have used a lot of practical effects. Was there much CGI or 
is, is that something that it, it just looks like really good practical effects? Yeah, it was very much from the from the get go. My sort of idea for the whole thing was to do everything as practically as possible to give it that kind of eighties, you know, genre movie feel. So, um, especially the likes of Avertak, the monster, and you know, all the blood and all the wounds and all that kind of stuff. We tried to do all that as practically as possible and as in as much in camera as possible. That makes it harder when you're on set because it's quite finicky, all that stuff, and yeah. difficult to kind of, you know, get right. But we had a really great team, um, Bowsy Workshop, you know, who did, uh, and Millennium Effects, who did all the practical stuff. And then that was augmented in post, you know, with CGI here and there. Like the blood running and, and stuff was, you know, a lot of that was a mixture of practical and, and CGI. So, but I would say, yeah, 90% it was, we tried to do it in camera. Yeah, that's something I love. I mean, there's nothing I hate more than watching, you know, especially low budget films. I, I think sometimes they, they just don't have the budget for the, the good CGI and practical, you know, it's got that sort of tangible quality that, you know, yeah. and again, like you said, it's from, like something from the 80s, which is always quite good. Yeah, no, 100%. And uh, it just it just looks better. I, I, I think, you know, if you can get it right, um, get the right people, it, it, it requires a lot of planning, you know, so you got to storyboard everything and you know, make sure you're, everything's sort of planned and shot listed to the hilt so you're not burning time, you know, trying to get blood effects right. But if you plan it properly, you know, it's totally doable. What's it like now making films in Ireland? Because in the last 20 years, you know, it's changed so much. You know, I remember kind of the, the, the early days, you know, and, you know, once Titanic Studios opened up and that sort of thing. But there's, I mean, it's, it's the crews now are so good. What's it like having that kind of at your fingertips? I, there's an amazing energy here at the minute. You know, I'm based in Belfast and I've been sort of living and working here for 15 years or more. And uh, there is an incredible, there's been an incredible growth over those years, obviously with the likes of Game of Thrones and, you know, the big productions, big Hollywood productions coming in, you know, we just have an, a, an amazing crew to to pick from, you know, and a skill, like skill set, big crew base to pick from. And like I say, we couldn't have done our first movie on the budget and on the schedule that we had unless we had like a, you know, a world-class crew. So it's it's an exciting time. But, but on top of that, there's a really exciting, you know, indigenous film culture coming out of here in terms of like local kind of Northern Irish filmmakers telling stories about here. And that was always the thing for, for us, for me and, and my, my writing partner, Brendan. Um, we wanted to do genre films, but we wanted to try to, to make genre films that were very authentic to, you know, and specific to a certain place. Um, you know, where we were, where we grew up. Um, so that was always our, our thing is like, why can't you do like a cool genre film? that's going to have a universal sort of idea, you know, whether it's a revenge thriller or a vampire movie, but it's very specific to Northern Ireland and doesn't have to just appeal to people from here, people from the island of Ireland, you know, it can hopefully break out and, you know, people around the world will, will enjoy it. That was, that's always been our intention. Well, that's the thing. What I was actually, when I was watching it, I realized that it is very Irish you know, were, were, were you ever told by sort of money people or whoever it was to kind of make it less Irish so it, it worked better abroad? Or did you just think this is what no, I want to do? No, that was, it was our, all our partners, all our partners were always really supportive of that, you know, and, and, and for me, it was important that it felt specific and authentic. And um, that was always the kind of vision for, for the movie. And you know, Endeavor Content, who were one of our American partners, and Automatic, who were another, you know, they were always really supportive of, of that, you know, in terms of how the characters talked and, you know, who we cast and all that kind of thing. So I think that's, 
you know, it's, it's something that's really interesting to me when I watch movies, like if I see somewhere that feels like there's an authenticity or a specificity about a place, I always find that really fascinating. You know, if I can't understand what they're saying, I just turn the subtitles on. But it's, uh, you know, I, would, I would rather see that than, than something that feels kind of general, you know. I'm, I'm a dairy man, so I, to actually... I can tell the accent, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, to actually experience something that, that felt local and real was, uh, was great, you know, and especially such a good genre movie as well. So I was sort of thrilled watching it. I'd say you would have got a lot of the references, maybe. That's, that's maybe yeah. <laughs> it was like tailor-made for me. I'm not the target audience. So, uh, no, I, I really enjoyed it. And one of the things, you, you, your cast is so strong, you know, and obviously you, you, you've got, you know, John Lynch in there as well. And you, you worked with his sister beforehand. Was that just coincidence or is it just something hide? Yeah, no, it was just coincidence. I, I'd worked with John actually on a TV show that I did in Canada called Ten Star. And uh, we got on really well. And, so he was always in my mind for, for George Vogue, um, you know, when we were casting the film and we asked him and luckily he said yes. And John's great, like he's, he's a legend, you know. What's it like releasing the movie now in the pandemic? What struggles have you had and everything else? I mean, like, you know, I don't want to use the word struggle for, for because so many people have, you know, had real struggles during this pandemic. So for us, it was more like, you know, we, the film was supposed to premiere at Tribeca last year, so that kind of sucked that we didn't get to go to that. But but again, it was like, you know, there was way worse things going on in the world. So we've been lucky enough that, you know, Shudder have have, have picked it up and, and Shudder are amazing. You know, like I love Shudder. I'm a, I'm a fan. I subscribe to their service. You know, I think they just put out incredible stuff. So it's really exciting to have the film, you know, uh, playing on that platform in the US and they've given it such a good home and you know they're, they're you can tell that they're going to give it a really great release and you know the artwork and everything they put together has been fantastic so they've been wonderful partners um and you know other other than it you know maybe being a little taking a little longer for it to get out there it ha you know it hasn't been affected that much and we'll have you know a UK Ireland release news about that coming soon as well and hopefully it'll be able to get into the cinemas over here so you know like I say, it's been a, a longer lead time, but I'm just happy and thankful that it's it's getting out there now, you know, and people are going to get the chance to see it. Had you finished all kind of all the posts and things before everything happened last year or? We had pretty much literally just finished, like delivered, you know, delivered the movie, yeah. like completely done uh, whenever the pandemic kicked off. So, you know, if it had been a year earlier, it would have been right in the middle of shooting. So it probably never would have happened. So, so we literally had finished it and, you know, me and Brendan were sitting down to sort of start writing the next movie. Um, so yeah, we're, we're in, in that way, the timing was 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 pretty good. Like, and then it was really interesting over the, you know, during the pandemic to just see how all these amazing film festivals adapted. And, you know, the film was actually, did play and was able to get out there with like Nightstream and Seachus and Mayhem in the UK and, you know, have these kind of cool online releases. So, you know, like everything else, it's just been a process of adaptation over the last year. And the main thing is that people get to see the movie now and it's, it's going to get out there. With everything that has happened, streaming has been such a gift for filmmakers in order to make sure that their, their stuff gets out there. And there's such a, a sort of hunger for, for content at the minute. So you, you've, you've, you've really been very lucky in the sense that you might even get a bigger audience for this sort of film. 
Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. You know, it's 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 um it's a different world now in terms of of that. So it's it as all as many eyes as possible that can get on this. That's probably you know that's what will make me happy. Although that being said, I just I I still never seen the film with an audience yeah. at a cinema. The only time I saw it in the big screen was when we graded it, um, or when we were watching it through for the for the grade after we graded it. So. Uh, my one hope is that I get to see it at some point, maybe in the summer, if things open up here with an audience in Northern Ireland, just to just to feel the reaction of, of, of people to it, because it is a different experience, you know. Yeah. You to see, just just once. That's all. That's all I want. <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah, because I mean, it's a movie that would play well. You know, that kind of late night festival crowd would be yeah. kind of perfect for it. Obviously, it's sort of tinged with sadness that you you, you don't get to see it in the big screen screen because that was the way it was shot and your intention. Is it sort of slightly annoying that it is mostly going to the streaming? No, I mean, I, no, not really. I think that's just, especially for, if you're an indie filmmaker now, you know, that's one of the biggest outlets for your movie is the streaming services. And, you know, we, with Bad Day for the Cut, it played in Netflix and we had a great release on, on Netflix. And, you know, you get to see it, you know, well, pre-pandemic world, you know, you get your chance to see it on the big screen with an audience at festivals and stuff. And that's your kind of big screen experience. I mean, with a film like this, it's, you know, it, it, and, and, and like I say, hopefully it will be coming to the big screen in, in the UK. There'll be an announcement about that coming soon. But for me, it's like, I just want people to see it. And the world we're living in now is there, there's so many different ways to see it. And, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy. And you've said that you've started writing your, your next film. What is that another genre piece? Is that or is it more of a, a straight drama type thing? What's your? Uh... No, we kind of work in work, work in genre. We have a few things on the on the bubble that I can't really chat about. But um, but yeah, no, like my, myself and um, my company, Six Mile Hill, where you know our thing is is genre, and you know whether it's thriller or horror or you know like we have a superhero project that we're working on. You know that's you know we like trying to take our specific point of view and sort of twist it within the architecture of of genre so hopefully we'll have, we'll have we'll be shooting the next one soon what you managed to do with a vampire film I, I thought was actually very clever by really just stripping away all the cliches and and crafting your own piece did you sit down and go right we don't want to do this or did that just come out of the writing that you just went a different direction it kind of came out of the writing really in the research you know we like the initial idea was to try to do something like i say that was specific to sort of you know rural northern ireland and where we grew up and the kind of characters and people that we grew up with and that sense of humor um and to, and, to, and i love the vampire genre you know and to do something and then in the course of that we read about the legend of avertak and this you know kind of idea that he may have, have, have been some kind of inspiration on Stoker for Dracula and we just thought that was real fun you know from Derry actually I know, I know. Yeah. um and, but we didn't want to and I didn't want to when I was writing it you know go okay well this we're going to try to do this very straight sort of like you know reinvention of the or, of the Dracula mythos it was more like it more came out of the characters um and these guys in this town who kind of pretend to everyone that this legend that they have that, that they have in their town inspired Dracula, but it didn't really happen. They're just kind of taking the piss. But then eventually they they figure out, oh, there is some kind of reality to it. Um, and then playing with the tropes of the vampire genre and play, you know, playing with the idea of what works and 
what was made up, you know, by the movies and books that came after the fact. And it was just kind of ha having fun and trying to do something as well that, that you know, because I don't think there has been many vampire films made in Ireland. No. To try to do something that brings it, you know, brings the, the genre back to those roots was, was important as well. What you managed to do is actually create your own myth and your own legend, even though it is kind of a bit based on, on legend itself. The creature that you've got, your, your, your monster, these things never stay dead. Is it the kind of thing you, you think you might do sequels to, or is it just a one and done type situation? Um, if, if the sequel happens, it would be like an Australian vampire or something like that, so we can go to a warm country. Right. And and not stand out in a field in the middle of outside Belfast and you know but no I mean we had like it's of course these things never never stay dead but we haven't really thought much about um maybe maybe who knows we'll see how, how people react to, to to this one that's it you could have your own horror franchise going on so uh, yeah well, well we've talked about like you know this this film is set in a you know, a sort of very fictional kind of version, even though it's, you know, like Tyrone Derry kind of thing. And Bad Day was was sort of Tyrone as well. So we've talked about doing like a Tyrone trilogy, maybe. So I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and one of the things for your last film, Bad Day for the Cut, and this one, it, it's the, the strong characterization because although it's very funny and although it's, it's very scary, it's also got a tremendous amount of heart. Is that something that you really worked on and, and, and tried to get through? Yeah, yeah. Like the the character, the characters are the the most important thing of both those movies, and you know the genre stuff sort of plays secondary in a way. Like it was really for me about about building strong characters, strong relationships, people that you like. With Boys from County Hell, it was so important that it was a group for me anyway. It was a group of guys and girls that felt authentic to that the, to that place, and their reactions and their relationships felt real in a way. And then I, I my hope was that the the comedy, you know, um, and the heart would arise out of their reaction um, and their sort of dealing with this this hyper real kind of situation, you know. It got to the halfway point, and I thought, I really don't know where this is going. Obviously, I knew they can add defeat to the creature, but you know, when, when you ended up in John Lynch's house, and you know everything that happened there, I just thought this could go any direction, and I'm totally unexpected, you know. And I thought that was brilliant because I've watched a lot of sort of horror movies doing what I do. And it's so great to watch one that you just go, I haven't a clue where it's going. That's good. That's a mess. That's, 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 thanks. I'm glad. I'm glad it played like that. That was, that was the idea. You know, that was definitely the idea was to try to make it feel unexpected. And again, on a, on a low budget to try to keep things surprising and, and, and create sequences and moments that, that felt like they were coming out of left field um, and to create a sense of sort of um, just camaraderie and, 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 and a depth to the relationships so that, you know, not to give away anything that happens sort of in John Lynch's house, but, or throughout the rest of the film, but that there's a kind of sadness to, you know, yeah. and, and a sense of, you know, real loss, hopefully um, amongst the characters um, because you care about them. That's it. And one of the things that horror movies, bad horror movies do is they don't really invest in the characters before everything takes a nasty turn I I felt that your film really did have that where you spent time with the characters and you cared for all of them and 
when bad things happen, you kind of go, God, I wish I had more screen time with them. Oh, thank you. That was that was definitely the intention as well. Let's try to just, you know, find that balance in the opening act, especially where you're, you know, you're building to to the horror moments, but you're also trying to get to know these people and get to know the relationships and especially the Eugene Francie relationship. And, you know, it was, I just thought it was fun to explore that kind of father son dynamic in this kind of a movie. So again, I hadn't quite seen that before and it was based on, you know, just the kind of lots of father son relationships you see here, especially in like people who work together in the same business and all that kind of, you know, and just the, the, the sort of the love, but also the, the, the tough love that's there and then the humor that kind of, comes out of that so yeah like it was it was important to sort of try to build all that up in the in in the first 20 minutes before we get to the to the fun gory stuff well that's uh, their relationship is so good and their chemistry is fantastic did they have any rehearsal time before they went into the shooting or was it just all done on set no we had we, we had uh a day of rehearsal with nigel and jack who plays um Jack, who plays Eugene, and Louisa, who plays Claire. So we did like a, not even a day, like a half day. We read through the script and just read through key scenes and tried to find the, those moments. And, and it was actually very kind of fun, you know, seeing them together. The, the chemistry was sort of, was was there um, from the get-go. And Jack actually is, uh, Jack's from England, but Jack came into the first rehearsal and was like, oh, my dad's from Northern Ireland. And I was like, oh, cool. What part of Northern Ireland is he from? He's like, oh, Tyrone. I was like, really? From Tyrone? Where in Tyrone? He's like, Coke. I'm like, Coke? That's where Nigel's from. So Jack's like family was actually from the same tiny town in Tyrone that Nigel's lives in. So there was like this weird, and then and then he and then he killed the audition. And I was like, this is meant to be like. So Jack, Nigel actually knew Jack's family. And stuff. Never knew Jack, never met Jack, but knew his family in Tyrone. Um, so yeah, it was it, that was a kind of strange connection that that sort of bled over into the the on screen chemistry, hopefully. And that's it. And his, his accent is flawless. You know, you wouldn't know that he he, he wasn't. Well, yeah, he grew, he grew up coming coming to Tyrone all his life, like you know, as he as he as a kid and stuff. So yeah, he was, and, he, and it was very important to him to to do like a you know really good Northern Irish accent, and I, I think he pulled it off great, great brilliantly. No, phenomenal. And knowing that he's not from it is even better, you know, because it's so easy to get a really bad Irish accent, as you, as you know. What's it, it like now, sort of having had two really successful movies in Ireland, sort of Irish-based? Are, are you constantly going to keep things Irish or are, are, you, are you tempted to sort of move to England, move to the States and, and do things there? Or is it still your focus to keep things local? There'll always be a... a, a, a a tinge of that kind of personal connection to here and whatever we do like for example we're, we're writing a bigger movie that's set in america at the minute but one of the characters is is, is from northern ireland um you know i have a couple of other projects that are set here completely and then other projects that are set elsewhere so to answer the question i mean it won't be you know the movies we make going forward won't be exclusively set here but we'll always make you know we'll always make movies here if that makes sense yeah you know, we have we have projects that are that are here and then projects that aren't. Um, and like I say, we're we're we want to do that third Tyrone movie <laughs> at some point. Well, I look forward to it and I look forward to, it to everything else. Like I said, I really enjoyed the last movie and really loved this one as well. And 
you know, I, I think keep keep doing it because I think you've got a, a great voice as a, as a filmmaker. So I uh, well, I've I enjoyed them all. I appreciate that. And uh, thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. Thanks a lot, Mel. Really appreciate that. Good chat, you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Movies in Focus podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tell your friends about it.